welcome to MuggleCast 377. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. And what do you know? It's a trailer day. I love trailer episodes of MuggleCast. We're going to have, you know, it struck me like I was telling somebody yesterday, this is probably the reasonably the seventh or eighth movie we've done trailer uh, tests for, I think, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, you know, eighth or ninth trailer episode at the very least. Yeah, yeah. So feels uh, good. Yeah, it was a great trailer. I think there's a lot to talk about. I I mean, I loved it from the first time that I watched it. I love the music. I love the scenes. I love the interactions. Bit of a long one. It was like over three minutes long. Yeah, yeah. It debuted at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, the whole cast was there, including Grindelwald. Crazy. <laughs> Not yeah. Johnny Depp, but Grindelwald was at Comic-Con. uh so we'll play video of his appearance which is pretty interesting actually there's some stuff to talk about there but as we do during these trailer episodes we're going to go um scene by scene to the trailer for the most part break down what we saw and we'll also play some voicemails to get some feedback from our listeners and uh, we have a bunch of people listening live right now so we'll get some feedback from people as uh we're talking here on patreon but first, I just yeah. wanted to mention kind of a funny story. Um, Eric and I did another one of these Harry Potter trivia nights in Chicago. And because we screwed up the the planning, Eric and I ended up on separate teams. I was on a team with uh, <laughs> my boyfriend and uh, one of uh, somebody who listens to the show, Ryan. He uh, kind of reserved he reserved a table for us, and so it was me, my boyfriend, and Ryan and Ryan's coworker. And then it was, and then Eric's table had Eric, one of our listeners, right? <laughs> yeah, Lauren, uh, Lauren and Catherine, the sisters who've done HB trivia before. And we had a, well, we had a, what it was, was it was, it was a full table because you can only have up to six guests. And I knew that I could not join your guys' group because I had two guests with me. Yeah. So it was just a thing where we needed to have two teams. But my teams, you know, my team, the blast ended skanks took a bit of an early lead in this particular evening, which I completely expected because Eric had some very smart people with him. And I'm like, I'm like fine on Harry Potter. I, I haven't reread the books a billion times. So sometimes sometimes these questions in trivia night are hard. Um, so I didn't think we were going to end up doing well. But so for most of the night. The blast ended skanks were in first place. <laughs> we had a perfect record for the first three rounds out of six. And then for rounds four and five, we didn't have a perfect record because we did get stumped on one of the questions, but we were still in the lead. Yeah. All the way up to the wager, to the final wager question, we were in the top spot. I couldn't believe it. I was like, finally, you know, we, we always talk about how we go to these HP trivia nights, but we never score real high or end up getting thwarted yeah so so meanwhile uh, my team is losing like one or two questions per round we were doing fine but mm-hmm. I, we were in like we were in seventh place and i was like you know what that's great i'm completely satisfied with that so fast forward to the final round eric's still in first i'm still in like sixth or seventh and it's one of these questions where you have to wager a certain amount of points so we went all in we wagered 10 and um because that was the max. And you had to name the three final uh, proclamations made by Umbridge in Order of the Phoenix. Now, you only had to answer two, but if you answered all three correctly, 
your wager gets doubled. So me and my team, luckily, since I just read this book for MuggleCast, uh, I was actually able to give solid answers here, and I was pretty confident in our answers about the three final proclamations. Um, what were they again? Uh, so uh, the 26th was the appointment of the Hogwarts High Inquisitor, becoming the headmistress. Yeah. So there was one about only talking about your own class during class by the yes yeah teachers are unable to one of them was teachers are unable to divulge information not related to the subject matter in which they teach right right. and the third i'm kind of forgetting but so anyway we get all three right eric you didn't no i i we got one of them which was the high inquisitor is the headmistress so not only did we not get our wager uh, but we lost 10 points and <laughs> we went from first. Let me tell you, we went from first place before this final wager question and we ended up in 11th place for the <laughs> evening. There were, in case we didn't uh, preview this enough, there were 45 teams yeah. uh, playing trivia. It was, it was real cutthroat, yeah. but he and, kept and- saying our name. We were, we were the most hated group in yeah. in the whole room it felt pretty good uh but then we got what everyone felt we deserved and so. then so we skyrocketed to first place because we got <laughs> all three answers right that earned us 20 points that gave us 99 points total and we freaking won the trivia night i was absolutely shocked i could not believe it because i didn't think we were capable of doing that so like so then of course there's a prize at then right and i think actually they they gave prizes to the top top five so we were first, and uh, my boyfriend Pat goes up to get the envelope, and I'm expecting like a $25 gift certificate to the bar or something. Yeah. No, yeah. we win a private party for 25 people, open bar. <laughs> yeah, they weren't messing around. This Joe's on Weed Street where this trivia was held. Let me tell you, uh, that's it's it's a pretty solid venue. That's uh, pretty. Nuts. Yeah. Andrew, the the question I have now is: Will you be inviting the blast ended skanks to your <laughs> yeah? Free party? Anyway, you know, you know, one of them kind of uh, treated me poor, poorly earlier in the night, so I think I'm going to get them back by not inviting them. <laughs> what? Who treated you poorly? That's uh, a lie. Well, no, one of the girls. I was like, I was like, hey, what did you guys answer for this question? And she wouldn't tell me because she didn't trust that we had already turned our answers in. Oh. She didn't believe. I'm like, what, what? That was probably Catherine. She's so protective of the, 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 our score. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's real tough. Yes, Micah, (laughs) we will probably invite the Blast Ended Skanks and we will invite you. And by the way, my team name was the Crimes of Johnny Depp, which the uh, quiz master said was the name of the night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, everyone laughed. That was a great, great team name. I thought you were going to freak out that we did that. I was like, I was silently freaking out for the first four rounds. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Harry Potter trivia night, fun stuff. If there's one happening in your city, definitely go for it. And hey, you might win an open bar for 25 people for two hours. Like, God, it's got to be a lot of money they're spending. <laughs> anyway, so uh, there was a trailer that was released and we're going to go scene by scene now. But I guess first let's start with some overall thoughts uh micah what what do you feel about the trailer did it impress you leave you excited yeah it was uh definitely uh something that i was looking forward to i would go back to what eric said at the top of the show i was surprised for there to be three minutes or just over three minutes uh it's 
a lot of material, but I think we've been waiting. I I have some thoughts on the initial scene uh, in the uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. I know we'll go through it scene by scene, but overall, uh, I was happy. Uh, there were not a whole lot of beasts, which I know the direction of the movies is now shifting away, I think, from what we experienced in the first film. Mm-hmm. So uh, overall, I was I was happy, though. So, well, why don't we just dive in and we'll talk about the Defense Against the Dark Arts scene. What What is your reaction to that? It We have now learned since the last episode that Dumbledore is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, which is a surprise because as far as we always knew, he was Transfiguration teacher. And we've debated mm-hmm. this before, so we don't have to get too into this again. But uh, how did the scene come off to you? And w- what was something bothering you about it, Micah? Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit cheesy. Yeah. Right. And and only because we've seen it before. I, I don't I don't know that they needed to go the route of almost replicating the scene between Lupin and Harry in Prisoner of Azkaban. I thought you know, maybe that's uh, a way for Heyman and Yates to get people reminiscent of of past Potter films. But I, I, that's just how it came off to me. I, I don't uh, I didn't feel like oh wow you know we're learning that Newt's uh, Boggart is a uh, an office desk it just i'm sure it'll have relevance I mean, you know it's not in there just for the sake of being in there but well, I, I don't know i, I, feel, I, feel, like I feel like there's a bit of copycat going on I, I know what you're saying it's almost the same exact camera angle too the same exact approach from on top of what would be the wardrobe approaching the students and they're shouting i'm sorry the dumbest spell in all of harry potter ridiculous <laughs> The trailer opens up and these children are shouting, ridiculous. And it just feels like we're in a five-year-old's play area at school. I disagree. I I actually really like this scene. I thought Dumbledore, I thought Jude Law's Dumbledore is really adorable. He just seems very kind. He seems like he's a great teacher, very helpful with the students. Um, There's scenes later on in the film, in the trailer, where we're seeing him interact with Newt that I thought... um, put Dumbledore in a good light. Uh, I don't know. I Nothing really bothered me about this scene. I think the only purpose of this scene, and I can see why you might have a little issue with it here, is just to be like, oh, that's Newt. He was never m- meant for a life indoors. Yeah. He's one. Yeah. But, but if, it, if this is a, if it opens on Newt suggesting he's the hero of the story, this trailer does everything but stick with him. He is barely in this trailer um at all and that is a bit surprising but a bit not surprising all the same we know that the world is expanding and this trailer is mostly about dumbledore and grindelwald in a in a kind of in a pretty cool way like i like it i like the trailer overall um but this newt thing you know is is obviously a flashback and it's very early on they get it out of the way um but it, it is super reminiscent of uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban. So you almost need Lita Lestrange in the back going, this class is ridiculous. Um, you know, it just it feels and looks like the, the third movie. That said, also, I was so, so shocked at how reminiscent of the first or how evocative of the first book this trailer is. There are so many elements of the crimes of Grindelwald that echo the Sorcerer's Stone, such as A Mirror of Erised thing which we'll yeah. talk about that's in this movie apparently the mirror of Erised. we also meet nicholas flamel 
who is obviously a big subject member of uh, uh, in in the in the first book, um, and and just in general, there's a lot of book one feel for this movie, which is very took me by surprise. I hope it's more than just nostalgia, and I'm I'm leaning towards J.K. Rowling ha- having very good reasons for these various elements being in the film. I mean, Nicholas Flamel, he's a huge character. Mirror Air said, very iconic piece of Hogwarts history that yeah. I'm sure as we kind of see Harry, you know, Harry's very drawn to the mirror. I can see why Dumbledore would be drawn to the mirror over the years as well. Like, how could you not want to look in into that and, and see what you want? Um, mm-hmm. That what that scene was a big surprise, though. And yeah, we will talk about that a little later because we're trying to go in order here. Um, so we do next scene. Uh, Next scene, we see a couple scenes from um, Circus Arcanus. This is the circus we've talked about. We've spoken about this scene at length already on the podcast. Um, we get a glimpse of Credence's lady friends who has been appearing in promotional material. It definitely looks like Credence wants to join the circus. This is a theory that we've had for a while because he's like looking at the posters and he's going, hmm, mm-hmm. maybe the circus life is for me. I can be Bozo the Clown. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see why he is drawn to the circus it doesn't like what why well the appeal of not fitting the appeal of like people who don't fit in fitting in somewhere maybe yeah like he's i i want to see how he survived kind of the the and and how he gets to europe he's like seeing jacob for he instance flew. introduced to nicholas from i'm like how did jacob get to paris you know it's just it's so I, I want to see like the travel sort of the middle ground. I don't want him to just yeah. be there. Like when we first see Credence, I hope he's not walking up to this poster sign on the streets of France. Like I, I want to see. We saw sort enough of... walking in Deathly Hallows part one. I don't need any more traveling. <laughs> I, I'm good there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, but cause, just because like the circus, I don't know. That seems like a very extroverted activity. <laughs> doesn't seem in Credence's character to be like, I'm going to join. I think he's looking for belonging. It's that like he, his old family's dead. He killed them um, when he escaped. So now he's looking for, for a new family. Yeah. 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 I I think that he's just looking for a place to fit in. And, and we theorize at the end of the first fantastic beast film, I know that there was supposedly this scene that existed where you did see, the, the essence of Credence kind of going off uh, right around the time Newt heads out on the boat. But the circus would have made a, a perfect opportunity for him, especially if it was in New York, mm-hmm. to and, – and, well, one thing here, he's looking at this sign. Do we know that he's not in New York looking at it? Because it's in English. It's not in French. That's yeah, true. That's a good America. point. So he could be seeing this – as he's walking the streets of New York and make a decision to kind of stow away uh, as it moves to Paris. That's a good point. And it is important to note there are circus signs in the first Fantastic Beast film, um, if you're a keen observer. So um, Grindelwald is very present in this trailer. I guess not a huge surprise. Um, Mm -hmm. But he does talk in this trailer as well. He talks to his followers. Let's play a clip from that.
old ways serve us no longer. I take it. You've heard the rumors. Lindelvog had a vision that he would rise to dominance over the wizarding world. So you're asking me to help hunt him down? Okay, we'll we'll stop there for now. Um, Grindelwald talking to his followers says that the old ways suit us no longer. He he wants to expunge the Muggle population, doesn't he? Probably, or at the very least, free all wizards from their secrecy, their lives of hiding. Yeah, has quite an audience in that sort of amphitheater that he's standing in. I'd be interested to know where that is. It um, it almost seems as though there's going to be two main battle areas uh, based on this trailer because that amphitheater is is shown later in the trailer uh, with uh, you know the line that's accompanying. Uh, Do you think Dumbledore will mourn for you? But Theseus, Commander Newt's brother, and Newt are there, and there's some spells flying a little later in the chapter or later in the trailer, but it looks to be the same amphitheater. And then the other area, I think, is the French Ministry of Magic. But there's just some yeah. weird, like, blue flames and bookshelves and all sorts of stuff are going. It seemed to me like those would be the two main major, like, set pieces, like how we had the train station in the first uh, movie. And I'm curious if these people are already followers or is this like the Grindelwald tour where he's going around trying to convince people to join (laughs) his side? Because we're going to have to see some of that, right? These people can't just have popped out of nowhere. Yeah, no, I think, I think they should do the work and show him getting followers because that it's, it's the part of the books that's not always too interesting. Right. So JK Rowling didn't write about it very much about how Voldemort was gaining followers, but Grindelwald is very persuasive. The whole thing is he's good at talking and they should really show people like a room of people being convinced to follow him. And because um, Colin Farrell did it really well in the first movie um, at the very end when he's talking directly to the the Aurors or who, you know whatever the uh, American equivalent of that is. Mm-hmm. There's also a very cool scene leading into the bit that you just played, Andrew, where they're taking – Grindelwald through the American version of Azkaban and he's kind of just suspended in midair and you can tell he's a bit worn out and disheveled and not sure if that is him being transported or maybe the beginning of the escape uh, that's about to take place. Yeah. Yeah. And then at 121, there's an interesting shot. It's hard to make out what is happening here. It's almost like it, they were they were overlaid by the editor. It's not an actual scene, but like Credence's giant head is like floating over Grindelwald, looking up in the air. It might be like a mirror reflection, or oh, or maybe Grindelwald somehow is spying on Credence. Or that's like his vision. He sees Credence in his vision, just right. like he, because he already knows Credence pretty intimately. But right, well, I, I don't and, know if he's reliving his. He, and, he does have some sort of predestination. He he has some sort of um, what like seer abilities. He, they're referenced in the first Fantastic Beasts that he had a vision of this great power. And my point here is that it this does seem to confirm that. 
Grindelwald is still going to try and control, <laughs> manipulate poor Credence. And I wouldn't be surprised if Credence actually wants to join the dark side. I mean, this could be hinting at that as well. Yeah. So uh, seconds before that shot, though, there's a shot I want to ask you guys about. It's this silk curtain, this black curtain flying through this guy. I don't think that that is Credence. I don't think that that's the Obscurus. It looks somehow more majestic, I guess. Like it's, it's passing it, through the air. more curtains all New- over the building behind it. Yeah, so- it's kind of spreading like draping over these buildings like this is not how we've seen credence behave as the obscurial his is kind of like more of like an explosion or thousands of tiny explosions but newt is grabbing tina uh like basically to safety under this curtain i wonder if that's a new beast that we're no i don't know supposed to watch out for i don't think it's a beast i don't know i was gonna say maybe the building is covered up because they want to people away from it it was just a windy day in paris watch out out. yeah Yeah. it's definitely not something that we've seen before though the two scenes prior to it and i'm not saying that they correlate in any way because we always know that trailers get cut up and spliced together and you think certain scenes go together when they don't but there's a shot i believe of the maledictus looking up at the eiffel tower and then that's followed by a very concerned-looking Queenie prior to Tina and Newt. So I wonder if Queenie is watching the same thing that, that we are. Mm. Yeah, I wonder. People in the chat are saying that there's been some speculation about that black curtain-type thing being a levith- lethifold. Yeah, the thing which uh, invisibility cloaks are made from. Yeah. And you know what? Somewhere in this trailer... I'd randomly seen it. I don't have a timestamp for it. You actually see like a hand on it. Oh yeah, you're you're right. That is a that's a crazy shot. Yeah. So there might be some uh, invisibility cloak action going on here as well in this film. Very another throwback. Gotta love it. That's another Sorcerer's Stone throwback. Yeah. This movie is just one big Sorcerer's Stone rehash. It's Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, all over again unbelievable jacob's just gonna tell newt your body's gone (laughs) or uh your body's gone man so just really quickly looking up uh leatherfold uh, it's a dangerous beast which resembles a half inch thick black cloak which moves along the ground at night hunting its prey also known as the living shroud it attacks sleeping humans smothers them then digests them all in their bed leaving no trace at all the only known defense against Lullifold is the Patronus charm. Hmm. Well, Dumbledore is defense against the dark arts teacher, so maybe he can help there. Mm. Maybe. Maybe I that's do. what's happening. They're smothering all those uh, people that are living in those uh, buildings. Who is they? Gosh. Grindelwald? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what, are, what, are, what do we call his followers at this point? Hmm. Grindelos. <laughs> Grindy's babes. I think that's taken already. Waldies. <laughs> Graldi, Gra- yeah. Waldies, yeah. The Oswalds. Um, Wallowers. <laughs> Grindle eaters. Death. Wald, death, dep. I don't know. Anyway, um, 
so there's an interesting shot that, and this is I think this is like the biggest moment of the movie in my <laughs> of the trailer in my opinion where uh Dumbledore is looking into the mirror of Erised and he sees Grindelwald. It was it was so first of all cool to see the mirror of Erised. But what was kind of surprising is that a few months ago, director David Yates is sitting here being like, oh, you know, the film is not explicitly gay. This would be an explicitly gay moment <laughs> when Dumbledore is looking into the mirror of Erised and seeing his deepest desire, a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty explicit. Socks. What? what socks. That's his nickname, Socks, right? If we go back to Slusher Stone. <laughs> <laughs> so his followers are soccer's soccer's um, yeah yeah the, the trouble that i have with this is that it's current johnny depp grindelwald right it's it's current the same thing very pale very disgusting looking grindelwald like it's yeah. not his boy you know in the books he's described as an extremely handsome elegant long hair haired blonde you know right. kind of aryan boy here it's just ooh, pasty white johnny depp like Give me Ray finds as Voldemort over this crack. This is, yeah. this is just ugh. This is but just I, weird. but it, since it is current day Grindelwald, I wonder. And I I guess we are to believe that this is current day Grindelwald, or it's a very bad younger Johnny Depp that they're trying to do. Um, it, it, if it is current day Grindelwald, I guess that would imply that Dumbledore still wants to see him again, meet him again. Yeah. yeah repair it mean, bridges it means he still loves him it means he wants something that's current versus something in the past so mm. he's he's still interested in getting together with that D- with that dumbledore dumbledore is looking in that mirror and being like oh man grindelwald has aged like a like a fine wine just gets better <laughs> and better wine. more do- oh, white wine <laughs> it was it uh, uh it's like I, a Chardonnay. I, you know, <laughs> even even you know, I still of course have the concerns with Johnny Depp from the way because of the way he conducts himself, but still, just how he looks in this movie is not sitting right with me. But well, the unfortunate thing to know is that it's sitting right with literally every member of the production team, <laughs> creative department. Everybody okayed this. He's a Jake ghost. Wrote- Huh? He looks like a ghost in this Mirror of Erised scene. He's completely white. You can't even yeah. see his eyebrows because they're the same color of his white ghost Casper the Friendly Ghost skin. The makeup department, the costume department, uh, Oscar award winner Colleen Atwood. Um, everybody approved this look. Everybody. <sighs> anyway, right after that Mirror of Erised shot, there is this cute little moment. I can't move against Grindelwald. It has to be you. In your shoes, I'd probably refuse to. It's late. Good evening, Newt. Dumbledore is so cute in these in these little scenes. I love it. It just reminds me of classic Dumbledore. Um, but also worth noting that Dumbledore says I can't move on him at the same time that, that we're seeing this Mirror of Erised shot. So that could imply what we are what we've suspected. And we theorized about this can't move line previously because this was in another trailer. He can't move on Dumbledore because of or on Grindelwald because of lingering feelings. Yeah. Something yeah. to I, that effect. I think that's I think that makes sense. Um, you know, I did see also I would say an unbreakable vow could have been created. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a big question. Yeah. Just a thought, but I, I tend to agree with what you guys are saying. The um, I found the disembodied hand that's pointing. It's at like 131. Um, it seems to be pointing towards the top of a building. I don't know if maybe Newt is taking guidance because right after that he is apparating to the top of um, the church where he meets Dumbledore. So Newt, like with the – again, they show that scene with the postcard reconstructing itself. Like somehow I think Newt might be on a scavenger hunt a little bit in this movie for a period of time. Maybe that's what the gloved hand with no visible arm is pointing to. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But then there's these cats. Do you guys see these cat things? They look like skinless Persian cats. I I really question whether or not the effects are complete on on this uh, trailer. There is the uh, floating, maybe possible lethe fold. And then there's these cats with, you know, just these bright blue orbs for eyes and fangs and this woman i guess and it it seems to be the atrium of the french ministry of magic is they're all kind of maliciously walking towards the camera and it does not look like uh, a good time is about to be had no no they look evil yeah yeah and i'm not a cat person so uh (laughs) i'm uh, skipping over i will say those cats did appear on the uh cover that oh, we yeah. analyzed oh. a couple of uh, episodes ago. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, there are a ton more scenes in here. There's the beasts. There's, uh, uh, you know, things start moving kind of fast. We see kind of like a cemetery again, which we had seen in another trailer. We also see... Um, the Niffler. A Niffler. The Niffler's back, everybody. Yay! We see Newt, Tina, and Lita together, and somebody... And the doc here pointed out that Queenie doesn't seem to be with ev- with everybody else in this trailer, and and then there is that shot of her. It looks like in the rain. It almost looks like the sh- a scene from the end of the first Fantastic Beast movie when they had to say bye to Jacob. Um, she looks like she's in pain, and I think an idea here is that Grindelwald has been getting to Queenie possibly through accessing her mind. Um, and maybe she's one of the people who could be considering being on Grindelwald's side. Maybe. Yeah. It's it's hard to say at this point, but it is jarring. And I think it's intentionally, it's obviously very intentional that they are not showing these characters together very much. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a beautiful scene where Tina comes and rescues Jacob. I guess he's in the middle of <laughs> some serious magic going on. Uh, and she has to come and shoot a spell and sort of grab him and pull him away. But everybody's running from something, so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, the characters are not just you know sitting in a coffee shop at any point in this film or in this trailer. So it's it's worry. Well, that's good. That's a relief. You worry for their safety, I think. Yeah, I mean one of one of the tags taglines now seems to be "Who will change the future?" There are these very cool posters with the Deathly Hollow symbol on it. Um, and we see all the different characters and. Uh, between that question who will change the future and who will take which side i know that's been a big theme so far too looks like some pretty fierce battle lines are going to be drawn yeah and here's that scene around 210 to 11 where the french atrium is like in the middle from down below comes these long columns these vertical columns that are shooting up and newt pulls i guess lita over the railing, over the balcony, and he and Tina are like holding on to them. I wonder what 
is even going on here? Um, it reminds me of that Monsters, Inc. scene where there's all those doors and they're like running around the factory and they have to yeah. be holding on, jumping on from door to door. I feel like it's going to be, it looks like it's kind of going to be a bit of a maze scene where things are rotating and flying all over and they have to jump from one thing to the other, whatever things that they're on. Yeah, kind of cool looking. Yeah. Uh, there's also a shot of Newt and Lita. And there's this little line. Not you couldn't eat. You never met a monster you couldn't love. Uh, possibly referring to not just beasts, but people as well. Maybe pro- yeah, problematic I, people. I think she's referring to herself. Yeah. Yeah. It, it also just sounds like she's saying you always find the best in people, no matter who yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like that could be a final line? Before what? She dies? <laughs> no, I just wonder because those always seem like things that get said. You know, Maybe she betrayed them initially, but now is finally coming back to make good. Because that whole sequence that you guys were talking about seems like it's, it's they're breaking into the French ministry or doing something inside the French ministry that has them being chased down. Mm. That's, uh, yeah. But uh, and then Eric, the uh, the moment where you said that uh, Tina jumped in to save Jacob, uh, there also seems to be right around two eighteen, not long after that, a bunch of. Um, characters who are fighting off the exact same thing so i wonder if this is that uh battle uh or part of that battle that we see more of at the end of the trailer yeah because yeah. it looks like it still looks like this graveyard that we saw in the first trailer you can see like a very tall entryway to a grave yeah it seems to be a beast made of um blue flame with like an animal head that's coming after Jacob. Now I see it a lot clearer and they shoot a spell at it right before. It's like a dragon. Yeah. And by the way, Abernathy who was in the first movie is back and he appears to be on Grindelwald's side as well. Uh, There's a scene, Grindelwald's breakout scene. Uh, First of all, Grindelwald is appears to be in control of the carriage that he was being transported in or that, he somehow used the breakout. Uh, but Abernathy can be seen in the carriage as well. <laughs> so, so now we know how he got out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're saying what? Abernathy helped him? Yeah. Yeah. But why? It's unless he's under Grindelwald's control. Yeah, yeah possibly. So um, should we talk about that last scene at the very, very end? I want to the- talk about this beast that looks like the never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> it's this pink giant uh kind of fanged mm-hmm. creature like i i will say the effect looks pretty darn good here yeah um, much near, better than the cats yeah much <laughs> yeah. much better than much more finished than the cats but he's got the case open so newt i don't know i i hope that newt isn't like reduced to comic relief in his own movie um because this film is going to be so much darker everybody said that newt uh eddie was quoted as saying this film is taking a much darker turn than the original but you know this case of beasts is still here there's still an opportunity to be wowed in a gentle way for 
the wide wizarding world. Like these are still the Fantastic Beasts films. I'm still going to see these films for the beasts. I'm not seeing it for the Dumbledore Grindelwald angle. I don't care. I'm here for the beasts. See, I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. You want five <laughs> movies about Newt capturing Pokemon creatures? Yes, I wanted Why? this film to be I, this. This should have been Fantastic Beasts Two, uh, Nifflers in Paradise. Like it absolutely no. should have just been another like an hour. It gets too dark too soon. Same as the regular Harry Potter films. <laughs> Grindelwald is already taking over the world. What are you going to do the next three movies? Je- it's going to be like the Last Jedi in terms of how bleak it is. Everyone we love getting blown off the map. I disagree. That, 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 that's a that's a fluff story idea. That would be yeah. that would be a cheap cash grab by J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers. If At least it would live beasts. up to the title, Fantastic Beasts, not well, fantastic, dark, scary death and war. I do know? agree. I, I, the the question the title is still questionable for the series. Yeah, but it's I just, think we've said you know, before, beasts are not going to only refer to animals; they are going to refer to humans as well. That is true. You I, could say I, that Grindelwald is a fantastic beast. Voldemort is a fantastic beast. Micah, when he wakes up, is a fantastic beast. <laughs> Micah's always a fantastic beast. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to he that. He just called you Harry. Uh, speaking of those fantastic beasts, and the one you were just talking about, Eric, uh, is it not the beast from the Circus Arcanus that's on the poster? Is it? How do you know it's from the Circus Arcanus? Well, it's it, we see the uh, with the poster on the outside of the circus, right? We've we've talked about that before on oh, other podcasts, okay. where uh, you know, I, I don't know that it looks exactly like it, but it's not that far off. I'm trying to pull up that specific the, uh, poster. Oni Oni. Oh, Oni Oni. And it would make sense. I mean, if they have this beast that's been you know held in captivity inside of a circus for however many months or years, of course Newt would want to uh, try and rescue it. Yeah. And there was that line also that uh, Eddie Redmayne had in an interview saying that they come up against a formidable uh, beast from the Far East, right? It was either an Asian or forget exactly what Mm -hmm. uh, he said, but something along those lines. So he, I don't know. The only one was supposed to have like devil horns. Yeah, I can kind of, kind of see it. Maybe. He's just like not holding that Buddha pose that he is in the uh, in the poster. <laughs> sure. By the way, uh, just while I'm scanning through the trailer here, Credence has definitely harnessed his magic, hasn't he? He seems to have great control over what he does now. It's a little uh, quick, but something tells me that being completely disassembled and reassembled at a, like a microscopic level will do that to you. <laughs> But he he is like disassembling things very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, he has total control of that building. He yeah. like explodes it and then implodes it. Yeah, it's, it was pretty cool. He's gonna um, have some cool stuff going on. And one more thing on that beast because I took a closer look at uh, two twenty one, and you can actually hear it. It sounds like he has shackles on him, so hmm. he definitely broke out from somewhere. Yeah. I guess that could be a good way for Newt to have to round up beasts again if there's like a mass breakout at Circus Arcanus. Yeah, there are shackles. Good call. I think Newt's going to try and free the beast, right? Free. He's got to free at least one beast per film. It was the Thunderbird (laughs) in the first one. This time it's going to be, you know, the Oni. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can get behind that. If 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 the mission for Newt each movie is to free one beast, I I can be into that. Yeah, that'd be cool, right? That'd be Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And. 
you just mentioned Credence harnessing his power. Who is he attacking though in that scene? Uh, at about two thirty-three, it's just some random ministry. Yeah, it's somebody coming at. That's not Abernathy, is it? No. no, that's one of the dudes in the poster. I think he is. I'm going to look this up. Actually, I'm going to look up his uh, actor name and see if his character is there. Right, he's in the poster. Names of Grindelwald. Is he in the poster? I think on the far left. Yeah, yeah, that's him. But who knows who it is? Just another white guy. Mm. Okay, so while Eric looks that up, I let's play this end scene between Jacob and Nicholas Flamel. This is pretty funny. <laughs> Are you a ghost? No, I'm alive, but I'm an alchemist and therefore immortal. Oh, Nicolas Flamel, Jacob Kowalski. Oh, oh, you don't Precious look a day scene. over three seventy-five. <laughs> And that's funny because, as Eric pointed out, we just passed our 375th episode. Like, kind of funny, funny timing there. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Flamel, pretty cool. He looks super old, super duper old. He looks 375 years old. He's like, yeah. How do we feel about that? How do we? Why would a a noted alchemist, the only alchemist to have actually uh, created the Philosopher's Stone, um, to why would he? extend his life if he's gonna some if his body is gonna continue to wither away or is just withering very 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 slowly compared to a normal human body i guess it just doesn't make he's still got another 60 years to go what 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 kind of surprises me about his look is his face just looks very his skin looks great for 375 years old it almost looks rubbery. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Lauren, who was on the trivia team, uh, our trivia, our blast ended skanks trivia team, says, "Why is Nicholas Flamel the crypt keeper? Mm. If this is if this wizard is innovative enough to invent an immortality elixir, you would think he'd be capable of tweaking it so that he isn't on the verge of disintegrating." Yeah. I never got the feeling that decre- that Flamel was this decrepit old dude. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I, I side with that. Like. In one extent, there are limits to the human body, and no amount of magic should allow you to really stay alive past 200, let's say. Um, Stuff just gives up and fails. But on the other hand, it is magic, and he did create this elixir that allows him to live to 668 or whatever, um, and his wife. And so why is he so frail? What is the point of... You know, Nicholas Flamel but is. Wouldn't it, it be weird if he just, just looks like any other guy? Like no. I think he has to look old for this. No, it'd for be the totally sake of awesome. The movie. It'd be actually scarier if he looked young. No, like but then it's like not believable. Or... But but then you're looking at him like, what's so special about this guy? He's just any other guy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. I think if they explain it, it's just a shame that he's not sort of the spry. Because even Dumbledore was like. You know, he's 150 or so, but he moves pretty quick. This guy seems like he's he should have a walker. But isn't he more like six something at this point? Yeah, he's 630 ish. He's it's, it's in 1991. He's 667. So do the math and reverse reverse it by. So this is 1928. He's that maybe? old and you're complaining that he's frail. Come on. You need to be more fair. 
Yeah, I don't know. What what is, what are Jacob and Newt doing in in his? I guess it looks like office? Newt is lifting some stuff, putting it in his pockets. Yeah, <laughs> they're there for something, probably on Dumbledore's orders. Yeah, there is a strategic reason for them to even meet Nicholas Flamel or even to go to Paris to begin with. And the trailer's doing a nice job at like making us ask all the other questions than not that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have something to do about stopping Grindelwald, I guess. Something to do with the hollows? I think the guy who we're looking for is a guy called Grimson. G-R-I-M-M-S-O-N. Grimson. Uh, You're referring to a few minutes ago? Yeah. Um, All right. Anything else to bring up in the trailer before uh, we get to some voicemails? And I still want to play that clip from Comic-Con. Yeah, just that Grimson is listed as a powerful bounty hunter. Uh, that's okay. who Jacob is. Jacob is fighting, or not Jacob, credence. but Credence. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that makes sense then. I think Grindelwald probably sent him to get Credence. That would be my guess. Yeah. Well, let's also remember that Credence still hasn't figured out who he really is yet, right? right. And he's going to, I would assume, in this movie. You mean in terms of, like, lineage? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's related. I totally, I completely forgot about that. He's related to Lestrange's, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know this trailer doesn't have nearly enough Yusuf. <laughs> I was going to say, um, my guy's not in this trailer. I don't know if I could even give it uh, a proper rating. They did, they did release a promo picture, though. If you go down to the bottom of the dock, the first link at the bottom of the dock is uh, Uncle Yusuf in a in a brand new. He's meeting with Jacob and Newt, so hmm. at least he's there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the the end of the trailer here, when Grindelwald takes the reins, it's. It's real kind of wild and crazy looking. And I am actually pretty excited to see this uh, breakout scene as far as action. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, we also, we don't really see much of uh, Newt's brother, Theseus, in here. Uh, We do see a couple of shots, and he does seem to be involved at the end. Maybe he's going to die in this movie. Because there's that shot with Lita, and Lita's got her hair down. Yeah, it wouldn't be a love triangle if she's uh, still engaged to someone else. <laughs> she needs to be widowed so that she can get back with Newt and fight with and, Tina. And Newt, I think we speculated a f- few months ago, Grindelwald is going to kill Theseus, and then that's when Newt is going to get want to get really involved in this fight against Grindelwald because he has to go avenge his brother's death. Yeah. And then Lita, and (laughs) here comes the love triangle. (laughs) Lita, Tina, Newt, Fantastic Beasts 3. Who's he going to pick? You already know, thanks to canon. Lutina would be the ship name for the triangle. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Okay, so let's play this clip. So this kind of disturbs some people uh, (laughs) for multiple reasons. Like I said, Comic-Con, all the cast was there all the major people johnny depp was suspiciously absent and people are like oh probably because you know the allegations against him and it hasn't been good publicity for the movie blah 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 well guess what happens at the end of the fantastic peace panel johnny depp makes a surprise appearance in character as grindelwald it was a very comic-con moment there was a few costume the in co- yeah in yeah in costume in character um it, it was a very classic comic-con moment uh marvel pulled this off a few years ago when they had tom hiddleston come out as loki and i was there for that it was like the best 
moment at Comic-Con ever. A Loki had everybody on their feet. It was just incredible. But this was very different than that. Um, so I'm going to play a clip. This is two minutes, and Johnny Depp is doing a speech as Grindelwald. And I want you to notice just how quiet it is in Hall H, where there's thousands of people. Of course, when he comes out, there's a lot of applause. My brothers, my sisters, my friends. The great gift of your applause is not for me, but for yourselves. He lights up everybody's wristbands. It has been said that I hate the non-legend, the muggles, the no-match, the can't spell. I do not hate them. I do not. I say, nevertheless, never, not worthless, whatever the value, the magic blooms of the rare soul. It is granted to those who live. For all of humanity, all of humanity, we who live for freedom or truth, the moment has come to rise up and take our rightful place in the world. So he kind of a little rambly. I actually thought it was a good speech, um, and I was kind of impressed by how Johnny Depp pulled that off. I don't think it was. I don't think he had like a teleprompter in front of him or anything. Um, what do you make of that? Gleam anything? No, I couldn't, I couldn't really make out any of that. Yeah, some of it was hard to hear. He he says mm. that he wants to. It, it sounds like what what we got from the trailer that. He wants to come out of the shadows. He also hints that he has an idea for what to do with muggles, but I'm not sure that he actually shared what he wants to do with them. I don't know if that was a purposeful teaser or not. Yeah. Um, right. I I wonder, though, if that's pretty much the exact same set of lines from the film. Could be. And that's why he was able to... <laughs> Either that or they made him memorize a new monologue for not for like, you know, a one time thing, which is also pretty cool. That's what I'm thinking that he kind of memorized it. I'm trying to find a see if there's a transcript online somewhere. Were were you not to go in off on a tangent, but surprised by the reaction in in that hall? I was just surprised how quiet it was in there. And then when he initially came out, there was obviously a lot of applause. There was. Yeah. What I was what I read on Twitter was that they had filmed they had shown a film moments before they'd shown like a clip. And when Johnny Depp's face came up, the hall actually had the 
time and recognition to boo that there were actually some boos when he came up and the fans yeah. were voicing their disapproval. Of course, we know about the controversy, um, but that it gave way almost immediately to the real Johnny Depp. And I retweeted two tweets that say boos became woos. So very mm. quickly, the crowd or maybe the sound was drowned out, drowned out. People realized that he was actually there. And it's so quiet because, you know, you pay, you probably wait in line for a day and a half to go to this event. You are aware that you're going to be experiencing, you know, a performance. Um, and that's why I think people were quiet, not out of deference to Johnny particularly, but out of deference to, uh, you know, reverence well, to the fact that they're being played to the right, the sh- right, the little show that he was putting on. Like he wasn't exactly trying to rev up the crowd in this moment. I, I did see on Twitter there were some boos. I think it probably completely dependent on where you were sitting in the audience. Uh, Hall Hall H is very very big, so if somebody boos in one area, you you might not hear it on the other side. Um, I found a little a transcript from some of it. Um, he said, "Magic blooms only in rare souls. It is granted to those who live for higher purposes. What a world we would make for all of humanity. We who live for freedom, for truth. The moment has come to rise up and take our rightful place in the world." Mm. Yeah, pretty and, persuasive. Well, right, and I was just going to say the thing that that David Heyman said makes Grindelwald so interesting is that he's persuasive that that he can make anyone join him. Join me, even you, Dumbledore. I wonder if Grindelwald hugs better than Voldemort does. <laughs> they should totally shoot a scene like that to redeem that Voldemort hug. Oh, they will. There was actually a shot. Somebody pointed this out, too, on social media. This shot of Grindelwald with the wand by his side is reminiscent of Voldemort, like one of the posters. Voldemort has his wand down by his side, and it's almost the same shot. Hmm. It's in this trailer somewhere, but it's like half a second blink and you miss it. Okay, let's play some voicemails. Let's hear what some of our patrons had to say. Or sorry, not patrons, what, what our listeners had to say about the trailer. Hi there. Uh, this is Hi. Rose. I'm a long-time listener. I've never done this before, and my voice probably sounds awful. And so if this does end up on the show, I will cringe hard. But I just woke up, and I saw that you guys tweeted about sharing theories about the trailer and reaction. And I was definitely really blown away by the trailer. I'm still very torn about Johnny Depp, but the stuff I saw about Grindelwald was really cool. I really like that Dumbledore saw him in the mirror of Erison. Although seeing them side by side, I'm just like, Jude Law, he, you out of his league, but okay. The heart wants what the heart wants. Um, I am looking forward to all the young new scenes and I've been really behind on podcasts. So sorry, but I didn't know that Nicholas Fennell was in this movie and wow. Um, I'm excited to see that. I did not even think of that possibility. So I am excited to see that, especially with a muggle interacting with him like Jacob is. Anyways, um, that's enough gushing, I think, for now. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to seeing your theories. All right, there's Rose, who was very pleased with the trailer. It is still super cool to me how we have a muggle in this series with such a big role. Yeah. A cool one. 
Uh, here's somebody who, based on the transcript, looks like they loved the cats. Hey, this is Connor in Des Moines, and all I have to say is that if the next Fantastic Beast movie isn't all about blue-eyed cat people, then I don't want to watch it, because those things are awesome. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Blue-eyed cat people. All Sounds right. like you agree with Eric there that these movies should be about beasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connor, you got it. All right. Here's another one. Hey, Mugglecast, this is Chris from down in South Florida, and I just got done watching Crime. Oh, wait, Crime we just had him on last trailer, week. <laughs> and I'm really liking where the series is going. Jude Law as Dumbledore is really growing on me, and I'm glad to see the mischievous side of him coming out a little bit. And I'm also glad to see a lot of new beasts in the trailer, and it seems they're going to be integral to the story, which is a relief, as we've really been seeing more of Dumbledore and Grindelwald a lot. Also, not sure who the lady is with the demon kitties, but I'm really liking that, and I'm hoping she's some badass distant relative to Mrs. Fig. There's a couple of questions kind of going around in my mind, and I'm hoping you can weigh in. Uh, the first one is that we finally see what Dumbledore sees in the mirror of Erised, at least at this period in his life. Do you think he's seeing Grindelwald because he still feels for him, or is it Dumbledore seeing a different version of Grindelwald that wouldn't be seeking muggle domination and possibly a version that wouldn't have resulted in the fight that killed Ariana? But we also see a flash of the Deathly Hallows symbol at 2 minutes and 45 seconds. And as Dumbledore and Grindelwald are both major characters and both were seeking after them, want to know how you think the Deathly Hallows will factor into this movie. Really love the show. I'm particularly excited for this episode also. Thanks, guys. I mean, that's still a major question how the Deathly Hallows are going to play in. And they are promoting that heavily. Yeah, they really are. Um, Even the wristbands they gave everybody at San Diego Comic-Con had what? The Deathly Hallows on it, right? Yeah, I forgot to mention that. I, I did during the um, Johnny Depp clip briefly. Uh, they got these Deathly Hallows wristbands that were digital, and they could control the colors on them. So the wristbands lit up at certain moments during the presentation. Yeah. And this is like, you know, 10,000 people wearing these things. Yeah. It, it is hard to say, though, with, with the Hallows, because right now the only one that we know of that would be in play would be the Elder Wand. And I think we see Grindelwald use it during the escape scene there's like a very close-up shot of him Mm. um in the carriage so but for the the resurrection stone and the invisibility cloak i mean those really more so i would think play into especially the invisibility cloak i mean that plays into harry's story not necessarily this one though I, i don't know um, I'm kind of stumped. Yeah. Like the Resurrection Stone, maybe, maybe it's coming at some point. Yeah, it's hard to say if Voldemort would, if they'd feature somehow in these films before Voldemort finds Marvolo Gaunt's ring. Like I don't, I, I don't think they'll actually have the Deathly Hallows, but I think the Deathly Hallows is taking over these movies now because of how Dumbledore and Grindelwald as characters. That's what brought them together. Their quest for dominance and their quest right. for the Hallows and. Oh, I, now I remember. Grindelwald actually adopts that signal symbol as his own. So it's almost as if the Deathly Hallows symbol is Grindelwald's swastika. Um, mm. So we'll be seeing a lot of it, but it will have nothing to do with the actual legend on which it's based. Mm-hmm. You don't think? I mean, I mean, I think you raise a really good point, though. Uh, you sort of equating it with the swastika, given the time period that we are about to enter, and knowing that we have these two events you know that are kind of going on concurrently and and the fact that 
Grindelwald's rise to power was often equated with Hitler's. So it happened around the same time, like you said. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and in the same part of the world. So um, I, I would imagine that there is going to be some World War II crossover um, mm-hmm. in in these films as they progress. We may actually see some Nazis. Um, in in the muggle world in the 40s when you know when these films get there but yeah i mean it's in in the seventh book i think victor crumb shows up and talks about it or uh hermione tells us how grindelwald carved the deathly hallows into durmstrang school which also i hope we see at some point one of these films should probably be set in germany like berlin area um but uh yeah it's it's gonna be like his swastika it's it's not a happy symbol it never was a happy symbol the deathly hallows and people, children everywhere are still getting it tattooed on themselves. I teach their own, but it's not, this is not going to be a happy symbol. It's basically the swastika. Yeah. All right. Um, this voicemail looks interesting. Nicholas Flamel, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Perfect. Can all voicemails be like that from now on? Did that, did yeah. that transcribe exactly on the Yeah, email? It's, it just says Nicholas Flamel, B, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Thank you, Google, for censoring me from bitches. Um, all right, here's another short-ish one. Hey, MuggleCast. Just wanted to call and give my thoughts on the new Fantastic Beasts 2 trailer. Um, well, of course, I'm pretty blown away about it. The two main things I wanted to talk about were I didn't think we were going to see Nicholas Flamel and the Mirror of Iriset already. And the second thing is just I wanted to, uh, I got to say, Johnny Depp looks pretty badass in this. He's looking way cooler than I thought he was going to be. But anyway, just wanted to say the trailer is awesome and November is way too far away. Thanks, guys. There's somebody who also thinks... Nicholas Flamel, bitches! (laughs) You've got to save that and just play it at random times throughout the podcast. Nicholas Flamel, bitches! <laughs> she dialed our number, listened to the voicemail just for that moment. <laughs> um anyway, I actually agree that Johnny Depp looks really badass in this movie. <laughs> yeah, here here's the problem. Like, I find myself watching this trailer and going, he's managed to create a character with the producers, managed to embody a character that that has gravitas maybe no maybe only four or five out of the ten most annoying Johnny Depp quirks um than his other characters and the problem with wanting to boycott this film still as a result of everyone's defense of his actions um is not you know it's easy to hate him it's easy to say you'll boycott this film when you don't like Johnny Depp and normally I don't care for him at all it'll be a lot harder to boycott this film if you see him and you're like, this guy's really cool. I want to see this character because it's very interesting. So it's 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 much harder for me now to say, oh, I'm going to wait to see this film or not go see this film. And there's a great deal of hypocrisy there that I'm really struggling with mm-hmm. because as a Harry Potter fan, you, you know, this is interesting. All of a sudden it won't suck as badly, yeah. but it's still played by Johnny Depp. So I have a lot of mixed feelings that I'm not sure how to process. If people want to write me, please do. But, you know, about how do we still go on this Johnny Depp train or this Johnny Depp, you know, dragging him through the mud train 
when he suddenly looks cool and wears a cool costume, how do we do it? And mm. are you lesser for going to see this movie because you think Grindelwald will be an interesting character portrayed by him? Right. I think it's hard because you you can't separate the fact that he's going to be in these films uh, unless you're – you know, approach to it is simply just to completely boycott them uh, because he is in these films. He's going to be in, in this one. He's going to be in the next three. So I think it, it is, it's a difficult situation to try and, and figure out. Um, but you have to do, I think what you believe is best. And and we talked about that uh, uh, on, on an episode a while back. Uh, but as far as his portrayal is, is Grindelwald, this is in his wheelhouse. I mean, this, this is, this is the type of character that he would excel at when you look at those that he's played in the past. And, and yeah, he does have a pretty badass look to him. And uh, I think in, in this trailer for me, it's just his wand work, but he seems really good at it. It, it comes really <laughs> natural to him. Seriously. Like he yeah. got some good training there, I think. And I'm kind of impressed by his speech at Comic-Con. I, you know, to jump back into the role and have that kind of thing memorized and to be referencing uh, the non-magique. Non-magique, yeah. I think the non, the no spells he said at one point, maybe that's like the French muggle. I don't know. Um, yeah, non, non-magique is the French. They released a press release or something. Yeah, yeah, but that. true. But then there was another one he said, like the no spells, something oh. about spells. Anyway, um, one other thing I just found in the notes that I forgot to mention, speaking of Grindelwald, that uh, there's a line in the trailer, I think towards the end, where Grindelwald says, Mr. Scamander, do you think Dumbledore will mourn for you? And I'm wondering if that is a reference to his past friendship with Dumbledore, Mm. kind of implying that Dumbledore never cares for anyone. Like, it's kind of sarcastic, like, oh, please, Newt, do you think Dumbledore actually cares about you? Newsflash, I've known him for a while. He don't care about no one. He won't mourn yeah. for no one. Not even a sister. Yeah. I think I think you're right. It's very reminiscent to me of uh the conversation that Aberforth has with Harry mm-hmm. uh and and the rest of the uh trio when they, you know, uh, take refuge in the hogshead. I wonder about Ariana and is that sort of a is his statement there a kind of throwback to how Dumbledore handled that situation? Yeah, we still have to wonder if we are getting a if we're getting a flashback to that. You know what battle. I mean, though. Like, did did Dumbledore appropriately mourn for his sister, and is that right. the reference that that Grindelwald is is making in this situation? Or maybe does and he see Newt like rightfully so, as Heyman pointed out? Like, is he just another pawn in in Dumbledore's larger plan? And maybe Dumbledore can't move on Grindelwald because to move on Grindelwald would be to dig up past feelings, not just concerning Grindelwald, but also his sister. And maybe he just wants to compartmentalize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We are supposed to be getting flashbacks to that that fateful night, I believe. In this film? Yeah, because then they cast young Dumbledore and young Grindelwald. Oh, they I did. guess they I guess they did, yeah. Yeah. But that'll probably not surface in trailers at all. That'll probably be like one of the big surprises. Yeah. If it's anything like the Snape's Worst Memory in movie five, David Yates' first film, there will be no dialogue and it will be over in eight <laughs> seconds. 
Well, J.K. Rowling's writing this one, so maybe, yeah, maybe it's different. I'll also add, not that Dumbledore made any like iconic lines during this trailer, but it's also nice to know that Dumbledore is appearing in the next four movies, and he'll probably have several more amazing lines that we'll be quoting forever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like J.K. Rowling's still writing him, so that's a good. That's a really good point. Um, the choices. Yeah, Stuff and act like that. Speaking of trivia night, one of the rounds was filling in the blanks on iconic Dumbledore quotes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Did you offer to stand up and do it in his voice? Uh, I did not. I like to keep a low profile during bonus those. Points. <laughs> bonus points. Impression contest. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. Maybe next but, time. Yes. All right. I, I was just going to say, though, I'm really looking forward to this this battle that eventually happens between the two of them because I feel like speaking of order of the Phoenix, while it, it could have just been much grander in my mind, this battle between Dumbledore and Voldemort. So I'm hoping that mm. the Dumbledore Grindelwald battle is, is epic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, the five films, there's plenty of time in the film to, to, to fill. They could spend a half hour battling each other in the fifth movie and we'd all be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. I'm, I'm reminded of Deathly Hallows Part 2, which is basically all battle. Like, it's two and a half hours of the Battle of Hogwarts. The fifth Fantastic Beast film could be very much the same. Yeah. All right, so I think we should wrap it up there. There's been some other news going on that we will talk about next week. There are a couple of posters that debuted. Maybe we'll reflect more on what the hell is going on with the Deathly Hallows being so prominent. Um, there have been some more interviews as well. And I'm sure there will be more to talk about concerning this trailer as people notice more and more little things in it. Eric, did you have a quizage? I do. Okay. Let's hear it then. All right. Last week's quizage uh, is from our book read. We did just begin Half-Blood Prince in the uh, normal rotation of our show. I think this week and uh, probably next week, too, we'll be on Crimes of Grindelwald stuff before getting back to the books. But uh, anyway, uh, last week's Quizage question was, what is the name of the bridge that is destroyed by the Death Eaters in Chapter 1, The Other Minister? And the answer was the Brockdale Bridge. So it was called the Brockdale Bridge. Fun fact, I mentioned last week that the bridge was different in the movie. In the movie, I'm pretty sure it's called the Millennium Bridge, what they destroy in London. And it's actually the Millennium Bridge that gets, it was fairly recently built too, that gets destroyed. Anyway, last week's winners who submitted the answer to us on Twitter for Brockdale Bridge are Stephanie, Becky, Anders, Robin, Nate Patton, Count Ravioli. <laughs> They're back, everybody. Sarah, a.k.a. Weensy, Erica, Dapper, Miranda, Cheyenne, Kayla Darrow, Kelly, Lauren, Sean, Pronvi, Casper, Dawn, Charlie, Megan, Justin, Rebecca, Rochelle. Did GameSpot? No, that's a that's, that's looking at our mentions. There's a promo ad. I think GameSpot wins this. Deborah, Tillian, and Caitlin. I'm sorry. Uh, did you mention Captain Ravioli? Yep, Captain Ravioli's okay. back. Cap is back, everybody. Don't leave me, Captain Ravioli. I want you in my life forever. <laughs> <laughs> and this coming week's uh, Quizzitch question, the actor who plays Grimson was born on a specific day, uh, a day with historical importance. What day was that? 
<laughs> when you said born on a specific day, I was like, wait, <laughs> isn't everybody? <laughs> yeah, well, we were talking about this Icelandic actor who plays Grimson earlier on and a little bit of trivia I uncovered while looking him up. Okay. I hope. Uh, all right. Interesting. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Do leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on this new trailer, even if it's nice and short. And you're saying, those cats, bitches, or Dumbledore's <laughs> hat, bitches. <laughs> Call in. The phone number is one nine two zero three muggle That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. Just try to keep your message around a minute, max, five seconds, minimum. We also have our email address, mugglecast at gmail.com, and a contact form right on the website. By the way, patrons, your mugs are going out now, so we hope to see them in your hands soon, and tweet us a picture yeah, of Absolutely. you drinking some fire whiskey out of your mug, twitter.com slash mugglecast. That's also where you can stay up to date on the show. And we also have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mugglecast. And hey, leave a review for us on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. Or any podcasting app that you use where there is a rating system. Leave a review. We haven't asked that in a while. And uh, it'll be nice to get some new reviews in there. Know what I mean? (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. Bye. Bye. Nicholas Camel, bitches.